Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. I can't take it back, look where I'm at. We was OD like DOZ, remember that. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and your dating guru is Montreal socialista Cheryl Besner, the founder of SoloInTheCity.tv. How's it going, Cheryl? It's going great. I'm really excited about today's show. Yes, it's this. So this show is. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hoping you're going to tell a bit more of your story because dating uh, after divorce, yeah. and that's why we're here, right? Yeah, I mean, we we met because you were doing the 365 days of love, and you did that you did it after your divorce, went on this journey. That's right. Um, so maybe uh, do you want to start with a with a few thoughts on that and how you transitioned? Yeah, from well, sort of it, that project to this? Yeah, it's really quite simple. You know, you wake up one day and you're divorced and you think about where you're going from there and also the fact that you're alone again and how are you going to meet somebody? And I started wondering, how am I going to meet somebody? Is it going to be online? Is it going to be through a friend? Is it going to be through my travels? And I realized that there were so many people out there in the same predicament not knowing. And I was fortunate enough that I traveled a lot, I'm really social and I'm out there, so I know a lot of people. And if I still felt a little bit uncomfortable and unsure of where to go, well, I'm sure a lot of other people do. And so communication started and then the blog happens and brings more communication. And then you realize being solo in the city is okay, especially if you know how to do it. Yeah, so today we're going to have our panelists, uh, Bram and Natalia, on uh, on the roundtable. Right. Uh, we'll have our bachelorette, Joanne, our bachelorette of the week, and uh, the KISS calendar, all the events uh, in the next week or so. Uh, but first, we have a very special guest. That's right. We have Anne-France Goldwater from Goldwater Dubay. Yes, senior partner at Goldwater Dubay and host of L'Arbitre, Friday nights at 7 p.m. on VT Lee. I do have to disclose that Anne-France Goldwater and her firm are partners, are, are clients of Provocateur Communications, but we clear this with management, so Anne-France... Welcome to Solo in the City. Hi there. What better person from whom to get advice about <laughs> dating than a divorce lawyer? Right? I think that's how all relationships <laughs> should start. I agree with you. And one of the things is also when we're going through the divorce, and, and this is actually something I wanted to talk to you about. I remember when I was just starting the whole process, it was a question can I divorce? Like, can I date why I'm getting divorced? And can it be used against me if I'm dating? And does it upset the apple cart to, you know, stir things up? Talk to us about that. Well, from, a, let's say, a strategic point of view, if you want to have a peaceful divorce, the last thing you should be doing is dating while going through the process. Not because any of the intervenants in the system care. The a judge doesn't care the, if you have a psychologist doing an evaluation. They don't care if you have an accountant or a social worker giving you advice, your lawyers. Nobody cares, after all. We all think we're the center of the universe. Nobody really cares. But <laughs> we're not. your spouse cares. Your spouse cares. Even if your spouse claims to hate you and hasn't slept with you in umpty-ump days, weeks, months, or years... It's a, it's, it's, it's a knife in the gut to the partner. And I think that out of respect for the relationship and respect for your partner, it's, uh, I, I think you should resolve the issues of your divorce before getting out there and hitting the dating scene. What about these divorces, though, that go on and on and on? I mean, I, I know that, for instance, from beginning to end for myself, it was three years. So what about that? I mean, do I have to put on my entire life? and personal life on hold because I'm still going through the technicalities of it? I would, first of all, I would never suggest anybody you have to put your life on hold. And when people ask me, I'll say you're free to date. Nobody cares. 
And at the end of the day, once people are living in a part and they've got to the point that they're seeing their lawyers, the chances that they're, recon they're going to reconcile are pretty slim indeed. So when someone asks me, I say, go ahead, knock yourself out, but please don't bring anybody home if you have children. If you have children there, you're definitely in a no-choice situation. You have to wait until their children grieve the, the loss of their intact home because for them, you and your spouse or partner are their family. You know, we, we talk a lot. I, I talk a lot about divorce and common-law partners and so on. Who cares? Once you have a child or children, you, they, to them, you are 100% their family, together, apart, with a ring, without a ring, and you have to give them a chance to grieve this notion they're going to have their parents together in one home for the rest of their lives. That's over. And so whatever I do, I say, knock yourself out, the Habs, the Alouettes, whoever you want to canvas. <laughs> uh, please don't bring partners home until things are stabilized and the kids are used to having to navigate between the two homes. We're talking about divorce this week on Solo in the City. Joining us is Anne-France Goldwater, senior partner at Goldwater Dubé and the host of L'Albitre Friday nights on, uh, at 7 p.m. on VTL. That's right. And, you know, one of the things you were just saying about with children, because that, for me, is a really, really touchy subject as well. And when I'm working with some of my clients, I'll say not only do you not bring them home necessarily during your divorce, but once you are dating and they have grieved, no matter how long, make sure that it's somebody that's going to be important to you and somebody who's going to stick around. Because you don't want to be a revolving door at the house anyway for your kids. Oh, boy, because oh you're going to get, whether you're the fellow or the lady, boy, are you going to develop a reputation with your kids if, uh, you know, your bedroom is a, a revolving door. Um, that being said, I've always thought, for me, the acid test, when I went through divorce, my acid test was whether my kids liked a prospective partner, because at the end of the day, if your kids don't like the person you're going out with, cut it short now. Don't let yourself develop feelings, because there's no greater torture. You know, men say there's no greater torture than having a wife and a mistress under the same roof. Well, I <laughs> hope that doesn't happen in today's world. I would say for the contemporary world, there's no greater torture if you're a divorced uh, parent than to have a partner who hates your children or your children who hate your partner. And I've seen it break up uh, marriages, new second marriages, second unions. Uh, but I always suggest that people start in a social and unthreatening way, go skating together, take a walk in the park. And, you know, with somebody you think uh, is going to be serious about your commitment to your children. You know, Dan, you haven't been married before, but how does this less necessarily affect you in your dating world? Because maybe you're dating people who have kids and been divorced. I, I haven't dated anyone with kids yet. Uh, it's something that I'm not uh, opposed to at all. But um, I don't know. It's I, I'm, I'm in a different frame of mind, I guess. Maybe that's a, l a little too much responsibility for me now, I think. And I know I'd be super cautious anyway. Um, before getting into that into one of those situations, because I don't want to, as a single guy, you don't want to walk into a, uh, a sort of a big dramatic situation, especially if there's stuff with the ex, and you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of questions I think before you get into that kind of relationship. I remember one of the things, um, and that struck me so hard when I was first separated, and I remember um, a lawyer said to me. Do me a favor, if you are dating and you don't want people to know, turn off your phone because you could be GPSed and he could be watching where you're going and everything. I was like, really? People do that? 
Oy vey. Oy vey. That's what the, I said. The, the, Oy vey. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely sounds like something out of a very badly written uh, sitcom or reality series. Well, it's true. We don't have sitcoms anymore. They're all reality series today. That's ridiculous. Nobody's following you. Nobody cares. Well, I shouldn't say that. The person who's likely to follow you is your former partner. Especially- well, that's what they were talking about, that if I didn't want it to be totally discreet and he was going to do anything to try and prove that I was out dating, which, as you're saying, I was allowed to do. Listen, don't lie to a partner, especially a partner who's going to be an ex-partner. I think that's ill-advised, and you risk making your partner paranoid about other things because he or she will feel rightly that, well, if my partner can lie about this, the person I used to love and trust, what else is he or she lying about? You can be right out there, and you can say, and if actually if you're respectful, you would say, you'd say, look, I think I'm going to try starting to meet up with people again, you know, I think... uh, I think we've come far enough in our journey that, I mean, you know, we're separated now or you're made something or your partner may be seeing someone else. You can say, I'm going to be seeing somebody or I'm going to be trying. And then I just want you to know you'll heard it from me first. Solo in the City on CJAD 800. Our guest is Dan France Goldwater, senior partner at Goldwater Dubé, talking about dating after divorce. Uh, Solo in the TV, by the way, if you want to read Cheryl's blog on this. And uh, coming up, we'll, uh, I'll ask Anne France maybe what her, uh, what her craziest dating after divorce story has been. Oh, I'm sure she's got a few of those to share with us. Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with, of course, your dating guru, Cheryl Besner, founder of TV, And uh, we're talking about dating after divorce tonight, Cheryl, and uh, something obviously that you know uh, a lot about, and you've been blogging about it for a few years now, so we, we figured we'd have Anne-France Goldwater in, senior partner at uh, Goldwater Dubé, and host of L'Arbitre, The Arbitrator, Friday nights at 7 p.m. on VTL to talk about uh, some dating after divorce stories, and maybe we should ask Anne-France is... Yeah, I'm sure she has a, a few that she could possibly share with us, so I don't know if yeah. you're allowed to do that on air. Crazy Well, story. I can give you one that's a really recent one. A married couple starts talking about splitting in, in a very amicable way, and they have two children, and they're starting to look at selling their house and what they're going to do. They're taking these initial steps. And the husband plans a vacation with uh, the children. And he says, I know it's going to be the first time, but I'll take my two weeks myself with the kids and you'll take your two weeks uh, uh, after I come back, whenever. And so, you know, it looks good. And then they'll figure they'll list their house. And as I say, it's a very recent story. And uh, so he goes off with two weeks with two weeks with the children, comes back, brings the children to the house because it uh, would be her time, and then goes to his place that he's already bought with a new partner, not yet introduced to anybody, and the two weeks were spent with the new woman and the kids, and he's already in the new union. So his dating, you have to ask yourself when precisely all that dating was going on and uh, and what that represented for the children. And I have to tell you, uh, fortunately, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I wouldn't say anything to identify them. I have to tell you, I question someone's parental capacity whose way of introducing. They hadn't even spoken to their children yet, eh? 
and to introduce it to kids, whatever they were, 9 and 11, something like that, by taking them on vacation with the new partner with whom he's going to live, is when you haven't even split up with the mom of your children, is horrendous, horrendous. Well, I would suggest to most people that when you're going to start dating, that you actually have that discussion with each other. And, For and, sure. and you know what? And I do agree also with what you're saying. I remember at the beginning when we discussed it, it was we would always tell each other and we would decide when to introduce somebody into it and we would never cross that line. And I will tell you, at one point, my ex did, and I found out through my son that he was going out and socializing with another person, and it really pissed me off. Like, I, I was really angry about that because it was something that I felt that you have to have that respect for each other and, and honor it. And when you're ready to break it, at least tell the other person. Well, here, here, because at the end of the day, you know, a court can decide or you can decide for yourself. You're not going to live with the other person and maybe never sleep with the other person again. But I say it again, from the perspective of your children, you will always be family. Right. And then there's always how long do you date somebody before introducing them? You know, some people say, I should be able to live my life. And if I'm dating them, I should be able to incorporate them into my world. And I said, not necessarily. Make sure that they're going to be around six months, eight months and that this is something that you really want to invest in. Well, but in all fairness, if I can just be a bit of the counterpoint, you can't always predict that in advance. You know, there are times where people, if I take my ex-husband, he's now been happily married maybe 20 years already to somebody who's a childhood friend of mine. So as long as he took or didn't take to start living with her it was kind of irrelevant because they knew each other since we were all teenagers. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So well, I do think you're right. There, there is relevancy, but it's also casual dating. I guess I'm looking at more casual dating well, than just so. exclusive and, just and so. with the intent that you want to be with this person for a while. The last message that we need to be sharing with our children or sending to our children is a hypersexualized message that relationships are random and that people come and go and that all that counts in life is hooking up. In any event, it's not a very effective way to find a new person. And what about remarriage? Um, remarriage, of course, is a declining phenomenon in the Occidental world. People mm -hmm. seem to have this thing that if they divorce, the next relationship will not be a marriage based on this ridiculous reasoning that if I don't marry the second partner, we'll never divorce. You know, a relationship breakdown is always miserable, whether you call it a divorce or you have no name for it at all. So I think there's a certain allergy to remarriage, but if there is remarriage, it is a lovely statement because, again, it can invest the children in the formation of a new union of permanence. I think there's a nice way to get your former in-laws involved or your ex. Uh, if I were to remarry, now I'm living with a partner about 15 years. If I, we have a religious thing, Catholic, Jewish, you know how it goes. So it's hard to figure <laughs> out how to get married. But certainly, the, I think the best person who would give me away to my new partner should probably be my ex-husband, I am. Why not he? Wouldn't that be awesome? And like it, it, you you know, know what? That's a perfect world. And I, w I think we would all love to live in that perfect world. But if we all did, you might not have a job. <laughs> you know, in a perfect world, my job would never be bigger than that of the accountant or the notary, where I do the technical stuff and the tax consequences stuff and working out the parenting schedule stuff. And I would be there for the nuts and bolts, like when you consult an interior designer, when you consult your trainer. You know, you consult people because they're professionals and they can help you learn how to do stuff, like learn how to divorce effectively and positively and so on. And that would be an awesome world. You know, every divorce would never cost more than a thousand bucks. 
and people would do it in that nice way. And I think... I'll I, sign up for that one. <laughs> that's my vision. My father taught me as a little girl that you're better to have 10 uncontested divorces that settle at $1,000 each because everyone's just ready to sign an agreement than have one big, super-duper contested divorce, even if you win it. Because 10 settlements make you 10 friends. Your clients are then your friends. They say, wow, was she a great lawyer? I had no fight. Whereas even the case that you fight and win and you bled on the ground to win for your client, the client still looks at you like the dentist who gave him a root canal. You know what I mean? You're still associated with pain and misery. Whereas when there's a settlement, you know, there is, you, you skip the pain and misery and cost. The problem is, just like it takes two spouses to make a happy marriage, it takes two spouses to make a serene divorce. It's hard it takes maturity, and the, often the kind of people of that, that kind of maturity and willingness to compromise are generally the people who stay married in the first place because they, they, they're willing to overcome difficulties and compromise for each other. And yeah. friends, Goldwater, I have a single guy question. Uh, what, what uh, should you expect maybe if you're dating someone going through a rough divorce to, uh, to possibly get a subpoena one day and then be sort of roped into all that stuff? Uh, the chances are certainly high which is one of the reasons why I suggest if you're coming into a situation like that, it's nice to meet the ex and say, look, I, I never want to be I'm, you know, dating your former partner. I don't want to be drawn into your fight. Please always free, free. The lines of communication are open. Um, I'm always going to be available when, when you guys want to talk. I just don't want to be part of your fight. And I would think that if, if I were in that situation, like dating a guy who's going through a rough divorce with his wife, that's the message I would want to send the wife. Say, listen, I am never going to try to take the, your place as mother to your children. You're the mother, not me. You and John, my partner, you have to make decisions about the kids, not me. If you ever have a worry about John and you feel he's not listening call me, I'll try to help. I don't want to make life harder for you, and I don't, certainly don't want to make life harder for him if I'm trying to have a relationship with him. And if I feel there's a receptiveness, then, then I'd go ahead with John. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Because there's no point coming into a situation where you become an arm in a battle. It's just going to cost you your health and give you a cancer of your own soul. You have to be there. Either you can be there to help, and, and then John might actually really appreciate you, because he'll appreciate you something for more than your bust line, you know, but your maturity and your contribution to peace and zen. And if not, give it a pass. There's a lot of fish in that sea. Uh, I can definitely comment on the fact that if you, and especially if you get into it too fast, too soon, mm. it's going to not work out with that person that you're dating because you have to find balance in everything. And there's not necessarily room, especially at the beginning of the divorce, to bring somebody else in, and because they deserve a certain amount of your attention as well. Let's bring in our Bachelorette of the Week into the conversation. Her name is Joanne, and you can find uh, her and others at solointhecity.tv on the dating section. Hello, Joanne. Hi. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? I'm going to be graduating from university soon. Uh, hopefully, next, I'll be going into law school. But Whoa! Uh, Anne's ears just perked up, and <laughs> she's all happy. Yeah, it's my passion. It really is. So we'll see how that works out, though. One step at a time. Let's graduate first. And, uh, you know, I just like doing regular things. I live in the downtown core. I love food, and I love outdoors and long walks on the beach. Things I assume anyone else would like. Oh, you know what? Maybe you have to meet one of the bachelors that we just recently had on. His name is Dan, and he's a chef and restaurant owner in Montreal. It sounds like the two of you might just have a lot in common. Full circle, right? <laughs> full circle, full circle. So tell us a little bit of, um, about the person that you think you'd like to meet. Um, I would love to meet 
someone who would be my best friend. I think that it's important to build healthy relationships and I think that, you know, those relationships where people say, you know, I really feel like I married my best friend could be some of the healthiest. And a deal so, breaker? Do you have a deal breaker? Um, well, there's a deal breaker. If he can genuinely make me laugh, that's a deal breaker for me. I, I love that. If you can make me happy, I love that. But if you lie to me, that's also a deal breaker. There you have it. Amen to that one. All right, Joanne, thanks so much. And you can find Joanne and others at solointhecity.tv. And thanks to Anne-France Goldwater, host of L'Arbitre on VT Lee, Friday nights at 7 p.m. And uh, she is also the senior partner at Goldwater Dubé. You can follow her on Twitter at AF Goldwater. Thanks, Anne-France. Thank you. And kudos to the caller because she's got her head on straight. You're right. You want your best friend and someone who doesn't lie to you. That's smart. Solo in the City on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with the creator, founder of SoulInTheCity.tv, Cheryl Besner. And uh, Cheryl, it's all about dating after divorce tonight. And everybody sitting at this table, other than you, mm-hmm. has been there and done that already. And yeah. some of our guests actually more than once. All right, so let's welcome uh, from the Medi Art Clinic. We have Natalia Zaychenko, who's back on the program. Natalia, welcome back. Thank you. And uh, let's uh, also welcome Bram Lumenthal, business coach and mentor. Uh, welcome to the program, Bram. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. So, you know, we just had Anne France Goldwater on, um, celebrity divorce lawyer in Montreal, and we were talking about all the do's and don'ts mm-hmm. while you're going through the divorce. And I'm wondering, like, did you find, for instance, Natalia, when you were going through your divorce, that you were not ready to date or worried about dating and how it could be used against you if, you know, you got into a melee in court? Well, first time I was married and I got married at 19. So my divorce was, uh, I was divorced by 25. And uh, when I was 25, I started dating right away, which was uh, a mistake. Because uh, being divorced second time at 35, um, I took my time. And I find it's better because you have time to heal and to realize and understand what you want and what you need from life. Because at 25, if you start dating right away, you could land on the wrong person. And if you land on the wrong person, that person is not going to bring you in the right direction where you want to be. And you're going to just settle for something what you don't want or don't need. And did you worry when you got divorced the first time? Well, actually, the first time, not so much, because you didn't have to worry about hurting his feelings because no. he was, he was <laughs> yes. gay, right, yes. in the end? My first husband turned gay. And so he, you weren't worried and he wasn't upset about being jealous about you dating no. somebody else. Yeah. No, actually totally it was uh, not uh, hurtful at all because it was not uh, um, cheating with a woman. So I kind of digested it pretty easy. But the second time was not that easy. And Bram, what about you? I mean, you've been divorced twice, once in your 20s. Is that correct? The first first time, time I was I was 32. 32, sorry. Married for 10 years. Oh, right. And, Sorry, you got married in your 20s. And I'm, ju- I'm, I'm not divorced yet the second time I split last summer, so I've just been separated from my, uh, from my current wife, let's call it, or my estranged wife for uh, about 11 months now. And when you got divorced the first time, how fast did you get back into the dating world? Um, I, I found somebody right away. I, I, I didn't do any dating at all. 
So I haven't been dating. I, I, I hadn't dated for almost 35 years. It was it's crazy when at my age, I'm in my late 50s, uh, to go back on the dating scene right now was scary. Really scary. Can I ask you a question? Did you, uh, you said that you right away got into a dating uh, scene and you found somebody. Was she uh, the opposite of your wife of 25 years or was she exactly the same? The dating scene now? No, uh, after the person. divorce. The person that you ended up with um, right after divorce. Right after your first divorce, was she very similar to your wife? Very different. Really? Very different. That's interesting because a lot of people, you know, Physically, they might look different and some of the characteristics, but a lot of people tend to be attracted to the same type of person. That's why I was yeah. asking this question. <laughs> this is funny. And then sometimes that's not necessarily a good thing for us. Sometimes we have to go through a certain amount of personal growth, you're right, to realize what doesn't work for us in that specific mold that we've created. Yeah, you're right. So, Bram, now you're back in the dating scene. How does it compare in your 50s than when you were in your 30s getting back out there? Well, I, first time I was divorced, there was an immediate transformation. I found somebody right away. I, I didn't even date. It was almost like um, the first person that, that I got together with. It was uh, a transformation from my first marriage uh, onto another person right away. There was, there was no dating. So Do you think now, that's healthy, by the way? Like at the, at the time it was healthy, I was, I was in love. I was in a wonderful marriage for 25 years, and that didn't work out um, at this point now. So now in my late 50s, when I'm now going into the dating scene, it's scary because I haven't been in the dating scene since my late teens. And I, I worry sometimes, though, that people, not necessarily you, but in general, that people who get back out into the dating scene and end up in relationships really quickly, it's part of it is... Sometimes the fear of being alone and not finding somebody and just diving in too fast. You're shaking your head. So you think it's insecurity? I think it's an insecurity, yes. Absolutely. Because a person, uh, first of all, to find somebody, you have to be totally good within yourself. If you are not good within yourself, you're trying to compensate it with finding somebody to fill that gap which you're missing. And that's where everybody, most of the people actually, like we land on the wrong person because let's say we are looking for the opposite. We have all, uh, we all know what we want. But when you are separated because probably somebody cheated or somebody abused you or whatever reason of uh, separation, then you find that person who is the first person, like you said, and you meet and you land on that. But it might not be the right person. It's not what you need. Well, obviously, in Bram's case, it was the right person. Well, in my, in my case, it was definitely years. the right person. I, I made that choice, and it was the right mm-hmm. choice for me. So now, in the last year, having been separated from my, my current wife, um, it's very different. When you're dating in, in your late teens or in your early 20s, everybody's eligible. And Natalia Zaychenko, owner of Medi Clinic, uh, Medi Art Clinic, is joining us, and Bram Lumenthal, business coach and mentor, on the roundtable. Uh, should there? Would you advise guys? People have a, a bit of a buffer zone, maybe after they divorce before dating again. Maybe guys a few and girls, or... not just guys, like people. Yeah. What do you think, Bram? Well, it really comes down to personalities, to people. There's quality people out there, and if you meet somebody of of, of quality, so why not hang on to them? 
but it, it really comes down to the, to the connection that you make with somebody. Sometimes you make a connection with somebody right away, and then if you do, then go for it. And but you have to be have that um, security, that confidence within yourself to know that if you meet somebody um, that's right for you, then don't let anybody else influence you and tell you that. Uh, what do you mean? It's the first person or the second person, or you're getting into a new relationship right off the bat. If it's right, it's right, and give it a go, and just let things evolve however they're going to evolve. Uh, you don't have to plan 10 years or 20 years or the rest of your life down the road. Just live for the moment and enjoy the moment and let it unfold as it happens. I actually met somebody, and I love the term that he used. He called himself a serial monogamist. And I thought that was great because he loves being in a relationship, and, and he doesn't love the dating scene. So his his comment was, as you're saying, when I meet somebody, if the connection's there, why not just keep going? How long was it between your marriage and the person you're dating now? Um, four or five months. And, and did you I, date a lot in between I that? met several people. Nobody was right. Um, you know, it would have been nice to pursue a relationship with some of them and just see where it went. And then when I met the person that I'm with now, then I did pursue that. And it's, you know, it's day by day and week by week and month by month. And then you, you figure out if, if the connection is really there and if it's right for you. And if it is, then go for it. I, absolutely. And just be confident enough within yourself to know that really if it's not right then it's time to move on and what do you think guys um you're meet somebody but you've been on let's say one of the various dating sites hopefully solo in the city's dating site and you see somebody and you've gone out a couple times do you right away take yourself off and stop looking at the screen or do you keep looking until you've gone out on a few more dates uh personally i think if i like somebody i would stop looking if no. I if I see a person and I, it feels right, and I'm not the kind of person who's going to date two guys at the same time, so like uh, I would uh, focus on one, and if it doesn't work out, I move to somebody else. And what about you, Ram? Absolutely, you can't give somebody their due. You can't be you can't be true to somebody if you're dating several people. That that's my opinion. I'm sure there's lots of people out there who would say like you, you know, d date various people and then make your choice. And okay, that's one opinion. But for me, I don't believe that you could be true to somebody else, and you can't be true to yourself if you have to make choices between different people. I agree. <laughs> I want to thank our I want to thank our panelists. You just uh, looked, you were just sitting there going like, really? No, it's true. Know. No, yeah, dating people dating a lot of people at the same time is difficult, and and it's hard to find to really get to know one person when you're you know have a lot of when you're juggling a lot of balls at the same time it's just hard because right now we're in the society that there's something bigger and better around the corner oh, because the pace uh, in life in 2015 is very fast and uh, that's I think a problem a generational problem as well because like if uh, looking dating in 2015 and dating in 1990s let's say even 25 years ago like then but you know like it's I find back then uh, people were trying to work or on the relationship. But nowadays, it's not happening anymore. Natalia Zaychenko, owner of the MediArt Clinic and Bram Lumenthal, business coach and mentor. Thanks, guys, for taking part in our panel today. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up next, we have the Love Beats of the on the Street and uh, all your events, Cheryl. Uh, yeah. The Kiss Calendar. Getting to the Kiss Calendar. Solo in the City on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. What would you do to get to me? What would you say to have your way? Would you give up or try and feel? This is how we do You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with Cheryl Besner, host and founder of SoloInTheCity.tv. And uh, we'll have the love beats in a second. Cheryl, uh, comedian Jess Solomon going out to the streets asking people about our topic t- tonight, which is divorce. Uh, but first, the kiss calendar. Uh, dating after simply. divorce, not just divorce. <laughs> oh, sorry, dating after divorce, you're right. Uh, and, uh, but first, the kiss calendar. Uh, keep it simply social. All the events uh, that, you, uh, wow, is there a lot this week? Oh, it's it's so big and it's so much fun also because you know we're kicking off and still going on with the jazz festival which is always happening and always a great place to people watch and be out there and hear great music and you know just it's so easy to just turn around to the people beside you and start talking and swaying to the music and i don't know even dance if you want right yeah absolutely and then we go on monday night meetup groups booze and schmooze. This is a networking event and it's taking place at Brutopia. I don't know if you've ever been there on Crescent Street. Yep. Great little place. Sure. Well, this is the basically the opening of the Rain Dance Canada in association with the Indie Filmmaking Montreal and they're hosting this shindig. So if you want to get out there and see some movers and groovers in the film industry, that's the place to be. Tuesday night, Dash and Date. Kavita is hosting. Oh, Canada. It's a social cocktails. The address and location is not actually determined yet, but it will be for ages 28 to 40 for women, men 30 to 42. Tickets will be $50, and you can go to our site to check it out and get more details, and again, for the upcoming location. Wednesday night, Montreal Canada Day. Um, Organizers of the Old Port are putting together a whole bunch of fun freebie activities. It's going to be going on from 11 a.m. till 11 p.m. And the opening ceremony featuring the Canadian Forces Parade and a brass band, Saturday, July 4th, belly dancing at the Supper Club. Dan, this one's for you. Hey, uh, it's at Mountain Couscous, which uh, which I hear is a really good Moroccan restaurant, so... Yeah, it's it's great, and I don't know, it's fun. You put on these little scarves, and you dance around, and, you know, it's a fun way to flirt with people as well. Oh, do I have to belly dance? I was going to watch the belly dancing. Well, you always can get in there. That's the fun part about all these kind of restaurants is they actually get you up there, and that is something I always love to see the guy who doesn't know how to dance be pulled onto that dance floor and either have the little scarf or the little tam-tams put into their fingers and start dancing. It's a great way to break the ice with somebody as well. So, you know, lots of fun things going on. And I do want to say during the week that if you want, it's my birthday, Dan, you can take me out somewhere. Oh, I, I mean, do we have to go to the belly dancing thing? No, we don't. Okay. But I also do want to say Thursday nights, Sanka sets at Kyozon are happening. Beer is $5, cocktails are 7 And as well, you have the same thing on Thursday night in the Old Port. Jack's, again, five oysters, one glass of wine, $15. Great places, all have terraces outside, so... Lots Excellent. of people watching. Maybe Kyozon for your birthday. Some sushi? Yeah, I, I, I love to go back there. I love that place, I have to tell you. So do I, so let's do it. Okay. Um, okay, so time for Love Beats on the Street. And this week, Jess Solomon went out into the street, uh, talked to people about dating after divorce. Dating after divorce and the rules of engagement. You know, who can you date and who should you not? Hi, I'm Jess Solomon here with Solo in the City, CJD. Love Beats on the Street, what's your name? My name is Dan Dirks. This week, we're talking about people who have been through divorce. What are your rules, if you have any, about dating after divorce dating after, or well, separation? For the longest time, was like never date anybody who is younger than Star Wars when Star Wars came out. And then it was like, oh, okay, maybe Empire Strikes Back. And then <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, Lord of the Rings. I don't know. <laughs> have you been through a divorce? Yes, I have. What are your rules for dating post-divorce? 
don't 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 do it too soon. Try not to do any of your wife's friends. Uh, uh, try not to do anyone that's a lot younger. No, no, no. Try to do someone that's definitely younger and more attractive than your previous partner, just to sort of like like have that on your side. If you're the one that is dumped, then then, then you have to go that route. If you're the one that is doing the dumping, then you can wait a little bit longer of respect. I guess. I never asked them to name their kids after you. Have you been divorced? Oh, I've been divorced. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say my rules with dating and divorce were I realized I needed to get divorced because I had already started dating. <laughs> it never works out great. Yeah, it never works out great. Yeah. Okay, so that's not something that you would do. I would not recommend that. You know, like, she was a Quebec separatist, I was a Scottish separatist, so we separated. It seemed a natural <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> Politics and dating. After divorce. Yeah, it's tough sometimes. Well, it is. And, and one of the things, you know, we didn't get into this earlier, but one of the things that I did want to mention is about dating somebody else's spouse. Mm. And, you know, I don't know, that was something, I called it the laundry basket. And I didn't want to date somebody from the laundry basket. And, and it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just, I don't know, it's like voyeurism to me. Dating somebody else that I know that she slept with her husband and I can't date him afterwards. It just sounded like wrong to me. It's not a fresh start. No, it's not a fresh start. And and I just kind of always say, try and like get out there and, and spread your wings a little bit on your own first. And do mind that PC thing about dating other people you know's exes. Mm-hmm. And as you've written or about spouses, too, I should say. Uh, and as you've written about in your blogs a lot, um, I guess maybe get, get, at least get the chance to get to know yourself before you're going to go back out into the, onto the dating world. Well, 100%. And that is, like Natalia was saying, the most important part of it is knowing who you are because... If you rush in too fast, anyway, you don't necessarily have the time. And especially if you're going through the divorce, there's so much going on and there's so much upheaval and kids, if they're involved, you know, you're juggling all this. And then to mix somebody into that and take time out of your schedule, it's not always easy. And it's got, you know, dating is something that should be fun and exciting and add to your life. And often when we put it in too fast, it detracts from our life. Maybe even start a blog to get to know yourself better, right? Well, I think a lot of people do, and obviously I did, and and it helped me. And that was, you know, so many people at the end of 365 said, so did you find love? And I said, yeah, I found myself in this one. You can read all of Cheryl's blogs at solointhecity.tv, and even the old ones, too, when she was writing uh, during 365 Days to Find Love uh, right after her divorce. And uh, there's some good stuff in there, Cheryl. You gave some really good advice. And uh, this, uh, I enjoyed the show. It was it was very personal, I think, for you, too. Yeah, it's a big part of the journey of where I came from and where I'm going. More on solointhecity.tv. You can check out the blogs, uh, the contest, the dating site as well, where you can meet people like Joanna, uh, thanks to Anne-France Goldwater, of course, of Goldwater Dubé. And uh, next week on the show, Lat. Yep. Living Apart Together, the new phenomena. And I'm Cheryl Besner, flying solo with you. For more information on today's events and other things, go to solointhecity.tv. Check out our dating site as well. And don't forget to kiss. Keep it simply social. See you next week.